Welcome to the In The Scope podcast, where you read and hear new perspectives in the scope of different lenses. I am your host, Joshua M. Hicks, senior writer of War Media. Make sure to subscribe to War on Anchor, the home of the In The Scope podcast, on all podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the TuneIn app. And follow me on social media at that guy Josh Hicks on Instagram and jhicks042 on Twitter. Also, make sure to check out the War Media site at weareregalradio.com to get all the hottest and latest content on all things sports. Again, this is Joshua M. Hicks, and welcome to the Indisco Podcast. Hope you enjoy the show. Y'all know what time it is. It's the Indisco podcast with your boy Joshua M. Hicks, senior writer for War Media. And like every show, I always have very special guests that come on and give us the real scope from different lenses. And this brother right here is one that's going to give me a very in depth scope because he covers all things NBA, including the Milwaukee Bucks. And he's been with me from the jump. It's one of my A1s right here. So everybody give it up for an ESPN NBA writer and reporter, Eric Woodyard. Eric, my brother, yeah, how are you doing? Man, just uh, get ready for the season, man. It's right around the corner, so just, just getting ready for everything. Yeah, man. Uh, it, that, it, the season came back real, really quick from the bubble. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to lie, I can't be more excited than I ever been. <laughs> you know, that yeah. I, I'm an NBA guy, so, you, you know, to be able to watch the games and even preseason games, it feels so good in such a time like this to see sports playing again. And just like the NBA, we always know every offseason there's fireworks, but it seems like the fireworks just keep coming and coming, even during the preseason. Um, with the most recent news that, you know, um, Giannis decided to take the, the more personal approach, it appears, and staying in a, in a local market of Milwaukee for the long term um, instead of, you know, nothing not, not enticing other options, but you know, he, he committed to a small market team. And I think this is a huge win for the NBA, especially since Giannis, to me, arguably is the best and biggest superstar in a local market since maybe Kevin Durant when he was in the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, and we all know how Kevin Durant's situation turned out where he went to the best team in the West. Um, he, Giannis chose to stay. I know one of the last times we talked, you covered the team. You've, you've been around Giannis. You've talked to him and talked to us reps. Um, I know the last time we talked on the show, we talked about how Giannis very, very seemed like he was a very local guy and he loved Milwaukee and he made it, even though he, we knew that he could be a free agent and he could really go pretty much wherever he wants, we, we got the vibe that he was going to stay. We got the vibe that, you know, he wanted to stay in Milwaukee and he actually loved Milwaukee because Milwaukee really fits him as a person. Um, Talk about the, the the final the moments of what went down to this decision for him to actually make it official that he wanted to stay in Milwaukee for the long term. You know, Milwaukee continued to pitch to him, man, over and over. And, uh, you know, he mulled over the decision. And we talked to him, like, you know, the week before 
and his teammates on his birthday, like the, the, his birthday was actually the first day of uh, group setting for training camp. So all his teammates brought him pins in there. Chris Middleton and Pat Connaughton, they, they all gave him pins, like hinting to like, hey, we want you to sign. So that's how he spent his birthday after practice, getting pins from all his teammates. And, um, you know, they were persistent. You know, the Milwaukee Bucks, they, 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 they gave the best pack for him. And it was a little early, like, way I was all the way convinced that he was going to sign in Milwaukee until, like, he talked to the media for the first time uh, a few days ago, and he was just like, I'm letting my agent handle that. I'm going to play basketball. And I was a little worried because I never heard him talk like that. He usually just, you know, attack. He's a straight shooter. He attacks things head on. So when he was putting it on his agent, I was a little, like, surprised. Like, wow, you know, should they be shocked that he hadn't signed the extension for a few days? And the deadline was Monday, and he, he made it official yesterday. I wasn't surprised, but... Like I said, I was getting a little worried after that last press conference, but I'm, I wasn't surprised at all knowing what type of person he is, knowing how loyal he is. And this path was so non-traditional getting to the NBA that a lot of people can't relate, you know, to his path and what, you know, he's a loyal guy. He looks at them like they gave me my first opportunity, so let me pay it on return. And I never really saw him as a big market guy. That can change at some point, but that's just, I just see him um, really embracing that that city, that community, and I know what he means there. Yeah, that's what, and that's that's the thing that makes this this story so unique is the fact that he has that loyalty component. He he has like those humble beginnings. I understand where I came from, type of vibes, and the fact that you know coming from Greece to the NBA and obviously being with the Bucks and them giving him his first chance, you know, it's special. But at the same time, I, I, it, it seems like there's a potential trend, maybe like a slight trend, maybe of superstars returning to areas of comfortability. Um, Paul George going back home to LA, Kawhi going back home to LA, Kyrie Irving going back to Brooklyn uh, near his roots. Um, a lot of these players are going back to their roots where things are comfortable for them. Um, even in trades, you know, Russell Westbrook just got traded, but he has familiarity there in Scott Brooks. There's, com- there's a comfortable factor with that. Like, did Milwaukee really make Giannis feel comfortable since, I mean, that's his first home. So do you think the comfortability aspect of him really helped it factor his decision in wanting to stay? Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, that and on top of guys are saying, no, you don't have to be in the big markets to still be marketed as a superstar. You can be in these small markets or, you know, um, local markets and still get the same marketing. Social media and all that stuff is so powerful that, you don't have to go nowhere and just to try to prove, hey, I need to be this big marquee star somewhere else. So I think that also plays a factor in it as well. But I just think Giannis is just cut different, man. He's a different type of guy. And I think I would have been shocked, you know, personally, if he had left. I don't see him working out with a lot of people in the summertime. He's not a, a very open person as far as with people around the league. He's not mean or nothing like that, but that's just not his demeanor. He's a loyal guy. He's all about family. So I would have been personally shocked if he had left. I mean, he was still going to high school games in Wisconsin to watch his little brother play last year. So it's like, you know, how many MV, back-to-back MVPs do you see that's just doing that, you know, being a little small high school gyms, even though it is his brother, you know, a lot of people not really cut from that DNA. And he was even coaching like his brother's little, uh, like summer league, you know, teams and stuff like that. So he's very active in Milwaukee, very involved and loves Wisconsin. So like I said, I would have been shocked had he left. And I mean, maybe, he, maybe it is a trend that's starting, you know, we'll see. And, and it is interesting how that trend is taking place because to me, in me because one of the first few people that actually 
I want to say, really continue this trend and actually stuck to it for a while was Russell Westbrook when he decided to sign that long-term contract with the Thunder after KD left. And then he was able to convince Paul George to stay and sign the small deal that he did before he ultimately asked asked and wanted out. Um, you mentioned how this small trend may potentially that Giannis is adding to or even starting from a superstar perspective. It's really helping the NBA from a small market perspective. I mean, not a lot of small market teams are going to, especially in free agency, lure a lot of big time free agents or superstars to their teams unless they have home roots. And even then, that's not always guaranteed. So for them to actually keep someone that they hope grow, um, that really that really helps out the NBA and the balance of power. Now, that being said, I think Giannis, you know, I'm glad Giannis stayed, but I think he did make the decision a little too quick because it's not a because I wanted to see how Milwaukee reacted as far as getting him the talent that he needs to surround him to win, especially since the horrible fallout in the bubble uh, when they lost to the Miami Heat the way that they did. So I think Giannis really has to step up his game now to where he has to be almost perfect in everything just so the Milwaukee Bucks can stay afloat, at least have the high, have increased chances of making the finals like they were supposed to last year. Am I crazy to think about that? No, no, definitely not. I mean, it, it, to, the, to Milwaukee's defense, though, I mean, they are trying to put pieces around them. They did get Drew Holiday. You know, they did bring in uh, DJ Augustine. They are bringing in talent. They're trying. It's not like they're taking a step backwards. I mean, they, they're trying to bring talent in. Um, and on top of that, it's no excuse. But, I mean, they took that time off, and they were never that team, same team as before as coming in the bubble. They, they just wasn't. They never looked the same defensively. Uh, obviously, Giannis got hurt in the bubble. Um, but they, they just weren't never the same team. It's no excuse, but it's just be it's just state facts. I mean, sitting out throughout that pandemic, they weren't able to come back and have that same uh, energy and fire and defensive intensity that they had before. So you got to factor that in as well. And I think Giannis see the team trying trying to bring in great pieces. So I think that that's another factor as well. Now, if they didn't make any any moves and continue to just keep that same lineup, then, hey, you could be like, wow, you know, I will have concerns. I'm going to have concerns anyway because the, the, the East is going to be tough. So it's going to be tough to come out of that conference, especially with KD and Kyrie over there now. And you still got Boston. You still got Toronto. You still got Miami. It's still a lot of strong teams. But the fact that Milwaukee is trying and they're in communication with them and trying to compete for a title and win now, you can't really ask much more. And the money aspect on top of that, he would have lost a lot of money had he left. So you got to factor that in as well, man. Like, you know, he's a very family-oriented guy you know raising his kids in wisconsin is going to be important to him all of those factors are going to uh, play a role in in what he does man and uh i think he factored all that in do you believe chris middleton or, or do per, personal opinion first question first to you do you believe that chris middleton is the guy as that number two guy that the bucks need for Giannis to win a championship and does the organization actually believe that um i know you I know, you know, you signed him to a max contract, which at that time he rightfully did deserve. But at the same time, hasn't always showed up in the brightest moments when they need him the most. And, you know, you even though you got your guarantee that Giannis is back, I mean, that's, that's your guarantee, but he also wants to win. He hasn't won with Chris Middleton. So yeah. since you bring in a guy like Drew, which who could be the number two, because we've seen him perform that way during this uh tenure with Anthony Davis and the Pelicans, even with Drew Holiday, he doesn't necessarily get you over the hump. You're going to have to have that extra guy like Chris Middleton was supposed to be 
to get you to that hump. If do you believe he's that guy for the Bucks? And if if so, why? And if not, what do you, what do the Bucks got to do to get get the get that type of quality talent needed to to, to pair up with Giannis? He, he showed flashes, man. I, I just need to see a little more aggressiveness out of Chris. Like in the Miami series, he actually didn't play bad. You know, if you go back and watch that series, he had he actually was aggressive, and I wish he would play like that all the time. Chris got game. You know, he's a baller. We know that he's an all star. Uh, but Giannis needs somebody to be on that all NBA type talent. You know, he needs that. And that's no knock or disrespect to Chris, but he's going to have to step it up and take it to that next level. And he, he's kind of chill at times. I think he got to get a little more aggressive. So it, it remains to be seen if he can be that second guy. I think he has the potential, but he got to get in that bag and really, you know, take it to the next level because that's what they need at this point. They're in the win now. And Chris has acknowledged that, hey, it was disappointing to finish that way after having the best regular season record for the last two years and not get to the finals. So I think he's acknowledged it. Now it's time to see, you know, can he get in that bag and really be that aggressive guy? Because I've, I've seen him go out and drop 51 points last year on Washington when Giannis didn't play. We saw him shine in the bubble, you know, uh, when they did play Miami, you know, he, he pulled out a victory for him. But I think he got to be a little more aggressive, man. It, it still remains to be seen if he could be that second guy. I think he has the talent. But then you have to factor in to pull in another superstar, what you'll have to give up and the risk and reward. And I think it just makes the most sense for them to ride it out and see one more year, you know, what, what can happen with this team, but everybody's in win now mode. They can say it all. They want to uh, say that they're not all they want, but I mean, it, it's win now, you know, they see their window closing slowly and uh, it's time to, you know, really take that next step for them is at least reach the finals and make a finals appearance. Do you go after James Harden if you're the Bucks to make that happen? I'm not sure. It depends on what I got to give up, you know, because the team might look at all oh, y'all gave up all these picks to get Drew Holiday. We want this much more for James Harden. And if it's giving up the whole entire team, I'm not sure about that. How much is James Harden? Does he want to be in Milwaukee? You know, like, will he change his game? You know, how is this game going to mess with Harden's? I mean, with uh, Giannis's. So I think it's a lot of factors that play into that. So it really depends on what they would have to give up to get him. And um, if it's not too much, maybe it's a deal. But I mean, their games already see Giannis and James Harden's games really meshing like that, but I could be wrong. I mean, that's that's just me though. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, um, even when even our guy, uh, School B, Brandon School B Robinson, he did report that you know, Bucks was on James Harden's list as a top to one of the top destinations to go. So since they gave up that whole farm, Houston is asking for pretty much the farm and a kitchen sink to go with it. You know, we'll we'll, we'll see if. You know they'll pursue that option and just see what comes out of that. Especially since you know it's not a full guarantee of how Chris Middleton's going to come come back from the season that they had last year and how is it going to help Giannis to get to that that finals level? Because like you mentioned, the window is closing. Everybody listening right now, you're listening to Eric Woodyard. Um, Eric transitioning to just the NBA as a whole, man. I know this is preseason, but with all the moves being made and really preparing for the upcoming season, what are you? What is the one of the top teams or topics within the NBA that you're really looking forward to seeing and how they, seeing how it plays out throughout the season? Man, obviously everybody, I mean, the obvious is the Lakers and all that stuff like that. But me personally, you know, just from a basketball perspective and guys I'll be watching, um, I want to see how uh, Melo Ball, you know, plays this rookie year. I, I think that's going to be a young, exciting team out there in Charlotte. You know, I'm always watching them. Miles Bridges out there too, another Flintstone. So I, I'm checking that connection out. I just want to see how he performs. Uh, some teams I'll be watching Phoenix. 
you know, I really want to look at them closely. I think they have playoff potential. Uh, Devin Booker, I think this is a really transition year. He's been a young, exciting star who could score, but I think he'll take that next leap of really establishing himself as one of the elites, playing along with a guy like Chris Paul, and then you add another veteran, tough leader like Jay Crowder out there. That'll be interesting. Obviously in Atlanta, adding Bogdanovich, you know, out there is huge with Trey Young uh, and, you know, just all the pieces they added out there in Atlanta. I'll be checking out Utah as well. I want. I think Donovan's going to take that leap to being one of the all NBA type talent. I think bubbles with him well, and I think he'll that next level of his career. Uh, we saw a lot of potential of what he can do. He's been in the playoffs for a year, so I think he'll be starting to take that next step this year, and possibly even being the third team All NBA player. I, I see that much potential out of him. I think he's he has that that type of talent. So those are some storylines I'll be watching. Obviously, I got the Midwest, so I got the Pistons, the Bulls. Uh, the Pistons reshaped their whole you know, front office and brought in a lot of different guys. You know, they still have Derrick Rose, Blake Griffin. Obviously, the Bulls out there, you know, bringing in Arturis Karnasovas and uh, Mark Eversley in the front office and adding Billy Donovan, the head coach, and seeing how Kobe White can transition to that point guard position. And if Zach Levine can be that star of the Bulls, you know, can he take that 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 that, that team to the playoffs with all the talent they have, you know, with Larry marketing and Otto Porter Jr. And, you know, they got a lot of young pieces out there, Wendell Carter Jr., but it's a lot of storylines I'm watching, but those are, are just some that come, some that comes to mind right off the top. Yeah, when I watch Lamelo Ball, he actually looks pretty good. Um, he um once once he continues to develop more of that jump shot, you know his offensive game is is it is exciting to watch, especially in transition the way he sets up um his players to uh, to score effectively. But you also mentioned the Detroit Pistons, and if you want to keep everything in the Ball family, you know LiAngelo did get cut, so mm-hmm. um. Obviously, for LeAngelo, that's an unfortunate situation. But at the same time, you have we have to give LeVar, even though LeVar is a very, very special character, we do got to give him his flowers while he's here. Because, I mean, you have three sons that all signed NBA contracts, you know, and two of them went top two in the top two, top three in the NBA, um, in the NBA draft. That's that's a pretty um, remarkable accomplishment especially for a family um i think i think at one point in time they were the three brothers the only other brothers groups that was there in the nba and the nba at least at one time was the holiday brothers um yeah. so for that to, to take yeah, place man, too, you know, uh, yep, and onto the coupos yeah. yep yeah. so to see these brothers in the nba like that's a really unique situation to have from a family uh, from a family perspective and we got to give each of these families, you know, their flowers while they're here, because that's something yeah, that not many people can uh, say for. Yeah, definitely. I mean, everybody talk trash about LeVar and this and that, but I'm a father, man, so I understand the support you want to give your kids, and maybe it might be a little over the top sometimes, but I mean, at the end of the day, all three of his kids aren't in the front of the news for something negative. They're doing something positive in the NBA, and, you know, no matter how he did it, he did it. He put all his boys in the league, and you know, uh, Leangelo might not have lasted long. I mean, but he's only 22 years old. He still could potentially be in a G League or overseas. Who knows? But um, the fact that they got there, you know, I think that's huge. And um, shout out to the boss family, man. That's that's major. Yeah, that's that that's really crazy uh, to have. And you and you briefly mentioned about the Detroit Pistons, um, how they're sort of going in a rebuild. Um, they drafted a lot of young uh, young talent. Um, Derrick Rose is still there, and I, and I, we know Derrick Rose, he's still got game in this league. Um, 
do you really think or believe that I know even though this is his, like his last year with the Pistons, do you really think that P- the Pistons will eventually move on from Derrick Rose since they are in a rebuild, give more of that point guard um, time to Killian Haynes, someone who, who they drafted and who I thought the Bulls should have maybe got go after from a point guard position because we didn't know about Kobe White just yet. Um, you know, with his, t- his uprising talent, do you think Derrick Rose is someone that they that that do you think he's gonna get moved maybe by you know the trade deadline to maybe a contender that can really help them get over the hump? I'm like even maybe even the Lakers per se. I know there was at one point the Lakers were looking into him or rumored to be looking into him. Do you see anything like that like that happening from a Detroit Pistons perspective when it comes to Derrick Rose? I think I think anything's on the table with the Pistons, man. I mean, you know, um Trey Weaver, the new GM, has been super aggressive, and I think uh Right now is good for them because Derek has been a great mentor. I just wrote a story on the undefeated. Check it out, shameless plug. But I just did a story about Rose and that mentorship role and accepting that veteran uh, presence at this point of his career. And uh, I think he's such a great mentor to Killian, and it's still yet to be seen if he's going to be that guy. So I think Derek is a good uh, insurance, you know, like for them reassurance for them to have at the point guard position. They also got Delon right over there, who's a you know savvy veteran as well, player. Um, so I think, you know, at this point, they'll definitely start the season with Derek and, you know, continue to keep him because he, he's he's great scoring. He's a great weapon off the bench. You know, Dwayne Casey loves him. It's just at this point of his career, we know he's had health, he's had health issues, so he can't log those big minutes. But, I mean, let's be real, man. If he was healthy, he's a starting point point guard still in this league. You know, it's not even a, it's not even a doubt. Uh, in some ways, his game has evolved more than it was, you know, in his MVP years. I mean, he's he's more skilled now. Not as explosive, but more skilled. But uh, definitely, I think anything's on the table, man. Um, they're they're looking at Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin as those pieces to be veterans and just have some somewhat of a team. Last year, it didn't even look like a team. You couldn't even name, you know, probably the starting five or even five players on the Pistons, let alone a lineup. So uh, I think they're committed to a rebuild within the next three years. And right now, Derrick fits what they're doing. And uh, anything's on the table, though. You never know. Same with Blake Griffin? Yeah, definitely. I think they're both in those same situations. I mean, it depends on what they get in return, too. It's like, you know, we also need to have a team. We got to have some guys like these young guys are cool, but we don't know what the hell they're going to do or what they look like or anything at this point. So you have to start and, you know, build your team around them. And I think they're in the middle of that rebuild. Those are the guys that's kind of the center of it. I think the Bulls um eventually need to bring Derrick Rose home uh I think that you know he will serve that veteran role that you know the Bulls can use especially at that point guard position since we know over the years point guard they've lacked so hard in quality talent in the point guard position and bringing Derrick Rose to this new regime under our uh, you know Arturis Karnisavis and Mark Eversley and head coach Billy Donovan and Mo Cheeks who's a Chicago legend you know, to have him on that sideline and have that Chicago connection with Derek, I think that would be something special to see, especially if, you know, they can keep Kobe, Kobe White as the, as the starting point guard, but Derek Rose could really help develop Kobe White, I believe. I, I doubt that they'll look at that, especially since they have, you know, Thomas Sodoransky already over there, but I don't know. If I'm the Bulls, I'm thinking about maybe pulling that trigger, you know, say. Yeah, I definitely would, man. I mean, it's, it's a no-brainer, I think, you know, just – just from a basketball fan perspective and just like they need, like you said, they need them right now. I mean, that's, it's a no brainer. I mean, but what can the Bulls give the Pistons, you know, in return? I think that's going to be big as well. Cause 
they're not just going to let him go for nothing. So it's like the Bulls also got to give some in return to the Pistons. But I think, man, that's what the streets want, man. Derrick Rose back home in Chicago, you know, and uh, he's still getting those MVP chants we saw when the fans were there. Um, the love is back. You know, it was different when he left. And I think the whole league has transitioned and changed, you know, from what he was doing. He was kind of a trailblazer, like sitting out, making sure my body's right. You know, you look at guys after him, Kawhi Leonard, you know, kind of done the same thing. And Derrick kind of took the whipping for everybody else to, you know, kind of get a run behind it, uh, just listening to his body. I don't like I'm 100% right, so I'm not going to rush back. You know, I'm going to get a second opinion. I'm going to make sure I'm 100% straight and not just go by what the team doctor saying, go by what my own doctor saying. And at the time, it was just, he took a he took a beating for it, but I think he's forgiven there for sure in Chicago. You know, just going to barbershops and everything, when I was out there, it's like they still love him there. So, I mean, obviously the fans will love it, and I think it would be smart for them to do that if they have an opportunity to. With the development of Kobe White um, as the point guard, though, and Zach Levine in that backcourt, I think that can really be a scary backcourt, um, especially for futures to come, because we know Kobe White can score the ball pretty much effort effortlessly. Um, and Zach Levine has emerged to being that go-to scorer um, for the Bulls and being more efficient with it. Um, the, you, I mean, Zach Levine even had talks about how he pretty much got snubbed maybe last year from people's lists uh, to be the all-star um, here in, during all-star weekend in Chicago. So with Billy Donovan's um, new, you know, offense, which seems very, very more fluid, is more offensive movement, is more ball movement. Um, I know the Bulls young stars are still getting used to that, but I think we've already seen a leap just within these first two preseason games of Kobe White's development as a point guard. How much of an impact has Billy Donovan and his staff really had on Kobe White to take Kobe White to this next level as a point guard? I don't think we know that yet. You know, I think uh, it's still so early as preseason. I, I need to see more out of him. You know, I need to see more playmaking. I need to see better ball handling. I need to see more. I'm not I'm not all the way convinced yet. I love Kobe, but I, I just need to see more of it. You know, um, we know he can put the ball in the basket, but, you know, in college, he wasn't that playmaker. I had to be a guard on a four-time base. So I think there were many saying, oh, he's – I know he's ready, um, but I still need to see more. You know, Chris Paul is a great man of them. He played under Billy Donovan, and uh, he has the tool and potential, but I just got to see more, man. Um, like I said, I, nobody can doubt that he can put the ball in the hoop, but I just need to see can he manage and run this team and learn how to get his while also getting others involved. So – um, ask me that in a couple months, I'll probably have a better answer for you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. Everybody listening right now, you're listening to Eric Woodyard. What, uh, bro, tell me, obviously you're covering it all around the team, you all around the league, but you're also covering the Midwest. Out of those Midwest teams, who do you think is the team that's going to take that next leap to the next level? Man, um, taking the leap. I'm not sure, man. It's going to be tough for all those teams this year, honestly. You know, um, obviously the, the best team of that is, is the Milwaukee Bucks, hand down, hands down. So, I mean, they're the best in that, you know, Midwest region, but it's going to be tough for all those teams, man. Because, I mean, they got better, but I'm not sure how much better they got as far as, like, to really be a playoff team. You know, I'm not sure. So, uh, if I was a bet, man, I would probably say the Bulls, but I'm not 100% confident in that, but that's my son here. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> he dribbling his ball and, and messing around. But um, yeah, man. Um, I'd probably say 
the Bulls out of all of them, but you also got to watch out for Minnesota. Um, you know, I want to see what the rookie Anthony Edwards d- uh, does out there, but as far as, like, the Pistons and the Cavs, I'm not sure, man. Indiana, obviously, is going to be scary as well. Um, I'm not sure, man. Honestly, man, it's uh, they're kind of all in the same position. I don't see nothing that was really done that's going to just take somebody over that hump to the next level. The biggest thing with Indiana is going to be health with them, you know, as far as, uh, you know, Sabonis and Victor Oladipo and um, TJ Warren as well. I mean, we saw how great he did in the bubble, but, you know, as far as, you know, can he come back and be healthy? You know, that, that foot has bothered him and he missed the preseason game. So um, it's going to be interesting to watch. But if I was a bad man, it's still Milwaukee. Uh, but out of those, you know, teams like, you know, that didn't make the playoffs, I would say Chicago probably has the most potential. Let's trans- you know, let's talk a little bit about Indiana real quick because Indiana has had a lot of ups and downs and and changes. Um, you know, they got rid of Nate McMillan, um, their former head coach, and at the same time, Victor Oladipo was still trying to come back fully healthy um, during the bubble. And a lot of rumors circulated around him about how he wants out, he wants to go to Miami, and things of that sort. Um, was there any valid? Was there any validity to? those rumors and how the and how from what you know how has Oladipo overcome those rumors to still you know give this 100% to the Indiana Pacers as they prepare for this upcoming season you know I can only go by what he says man and I can only go by what the front office says I heard the rumors but you know he said he wanted to be there you know he said he's 100% committed he showed up to training camp he's played I mean so you can only go by what the man says, so I'm just going to take his word for it. You know, he's a very positive guy, um, leaves it all on the court. And uh, even last year, he wasn't 100% and still got out there and pushed through it. I remember a game in Chicago when they played the Bulls right before um, the season um, ended, and he was coming off of that knee injury, and we were talking to him in the locker room, and his knee was so swole, man. It was looking like a little baseball was in it, and I was just surprised that he was still playing and pushing through it. Even at halftime, he was getting treatment on it and just like – you see how much these guys give to the game and really go out there to hoop and how much criticism they face as well. But uh, I can only go by what he says, man. And, uh, you know, he said he's ready to go. He showed up and uh, he's committed. You know, that's what it looks like. So we'll see what happens. How close are we to maybe Indiana hitting the reset button? Probably pretty close, man. I mean, they just brought in – they're kind of hitting the reset button now. They just brought in a new – uh, head coach, you know, they, they're tired of losing in the first round. So, I mean, it's kind of already in that mode right now, you know, but they still have pieces to run it back with, you know, they still Malcolm Brogdon, that point guard, you know, you still got TJ Warren, who's fairly new to the team, Victor Oladipo coming off injury, Sabonis coming off injury. So they, they got a reason uh, why they should run it back. And I think after this year, they'll probably, you know, uh, look over everything again, but they're kind of already in that mode right now by bringing in the new head coach. Cause Nate McMillan done a phenomenal job. I think he's the third all-time winningest coach in franchise history. So to fire him and bring in a new coach, you know, shows that they're already ready to, you know, make some changes. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens up up there in the Midwest and the uh, Central Division as well as um, the other surrounding divisions because this is this year is really up in air, especially with you know a lot of people coming back. Toronto's still come coming back uh, sort of strong. Uh, KD, Kyrie, and the Brooklyn Nets. Giannis is returning. Philadelphia boosted their roster. Um, and and you got Doc Rivers over there now. So they're trying to 
piece those make those two those things work together between, around Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. The Eastern Conference is no joke, and um, it's going to be very interesting to see um, how the Midwest teams play, especially since they they're doing a play-in tournament where you hit the you hit the ten or eleven seed, and I think it's I think it's the ninth and tenth seeds, which was the Bulls and I want to say the Pistons last year, um, or the Wizards, one of those two teams that were in those um, bottom halves. That could have been in that right. play-in tournament. So right. we'll see how those things go this, um, you know, with this upcoming season. And since we are at that moment with the season, who do you have? Uh, who do you have winning this whole thing? I got the Lakers repeating, man. Um, I think it's gonna be the Lakers and the Bucks. Um, and I, I got LA repeating. I think they reloaded and they're stronger than last year. And that's crazy, you know. And they're, they're even stronger. That Montrezl Harrell pickup was huge, you know. That Schroeder pickup was huge. It was a lot of huge pickups, and uh, I think the Lakers going to repeat. But did you really just say that the Bucks are going to the finals? I got the Bucks coming out the East, man. Why? I think they're ready, man. I think that you got to go through some trials and tribulations to get over that hump, and I think I think they'll come back and, and, and regain plan, and uh, I think that Drew Holiday pickup was huge, and I'm rolling with the Bucks, man. I think they're going to come out the East. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll see how the we'll see how the Bucks play it out, especially because you know you got KD coming back strong as ever, ready to ready to show the world that he's still the uh, the best of the best. So we'll yeah. see how that we'll see how all that goes in. I hope Giannis is ready, man, because KD ain't no joke. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. I mean, the biggest thing with them is health. You know, can they stay healthy and uh, how Kyrie Irving gonna on jail with him? We know what KD can do, but. You know, just on an IG live the other day, we was hearing them talk about, you know, post-ups and all that. So I want to see how they can mesh on the court, you know, and, uh, you know, will he be willing to take that point guard approach and play second fiddle? Because, I mean, that's been a problem for him since he left Cleveland is wanting to be the guy, but also understanding he needs great talent around him. So uh, it's gonna, they're not just going to walk into the championship. I'll tell you that. It's not going to be an easy, smooth sailing, you know, but I just think the Bucks got what it takes to uh, come out the East. But I got the Pistons winning. The, I mean, I got – I said the Pistons. I got the Lakers winning the championship, sorry. <laughs> okay. Okay. I feel you. I feel you on that. I think the Lakers going to take this thing as well. But, you know, I mean, it's LeBron James. You can't go against LeBron James. And, he all, and, he's, and you know, he always rides with the Chicago talent. So, since he got AD on the side, hey, <laughs> it's a wrap. You know, that's how we do it in the shot. We win. Um, right. But that being said, man, what you what you got coming up? What what you got coming up coverage wise for that? Um, you know, people in the audience in our audience uh, can tune into what you're doing. Man, um, just check me out on ESPN, man. It's a lot of stuff coming. Uh, as I mentioned, I just wrote that Derrick Rose story. Um, and man, just continue to get better this year, taking it to the next level. Okay, where can they, where can everybody find you on uh, your social media? I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Everything e underscore Woodyard. E underscore W-O-O-D-Y-A-R-D. My brother, appreciate uh, appreciate you coming on. Everybody listening, you can also follow me on social media um, at jhicks042 on Twitter and at that guy Josh Hicks on Instagram. And follow War Media on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We got a lot of great stuff going on, including this podcast that's going to be on YouTube this week. So everybody needs to make sure you subscribe to all those links, follow all the social media, because War Media... You got a lot of great stuff coming your way, especially now that the NBA is back. All types of stuff, all types of content will be coming your way very soon. Eric, my brother, I know this is the wee hours. You just getting started your day. I'm just getting started with my day. 
But I thank you for coming on the show to talk all things NBA and especially the exclusive stories on Giannis and uh, signing that super mega historic extension. 228 mil, bro. I mean, come on. That's 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 nice. <laughs> that's nice to have in that bank account. But thank you, bro, for coming on. I really appreciate you. Keep doing the great work and we'll definitely keep in touch throughout the season. All right, man, for sure, man. Appreciate you, man. Keep grinding, man. Thanks, sir. Appreciate it. All right. All right.